Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Market Talk. Um, our guests today are Andrew Fordyce, who is the MD of Croydon-based distributor IFSE. And we have Brian Lavelle, who is the UK and Ireland sales manager of Calamat. So welcome both. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, I'm going to start off with Andrew, because um, IFSE actually came into this year off the back of like a record turnover level. You guys had broken into the double figures in millions, first of all. Obviously, this year has not gone to plan for anyone, but uh, did that kind of uh, solid foundation stand you in good stead for everything that's gone on this year? It did help us a lot, because what it meant was we had a good bank of orders, and we needed to get those installed and invoiced during the lockdown period. That had lots of challenges because building sites in London in particular weren't applying any COVID or social distancing standards. So eventually we managed to get them installed, but it did give us cash flow during that important lockdown period. And it meant we could keep the office open and keep trading. Excellent stuff. And because I've seen on the social media, you guys have still been working on quite a lot of projects. So has that changed? Uh, what extra measures have you had to put into place to actually carry on and, and work on the number of projects you are? Now, that's a very interesting question. I mean, if you'd asked me back in the middle of the lockdown, I was seriously concerned because nobody could tell what was going to happen when we started to return to normal. Actually, what has happened is we've gone through a major marketing effort that's introduced new customers into our portfolio. And at the moment, my sales team and my design team are the busiest they've ever been. I mean, it's just flat out. Whether this current wave of lockdowns will affect us or not, I don't really know, but there's no sign of it as yet. We, we don't do very much work in high street restaurants or chain restaurants. So we're not really affected by what the government's doing on the high street. We're in other market areas, which has been a blessing under the circumstances. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask you that, Andrew. I, I know you, you're, you're present in a number of, number of sectors. Presumably that has helped in some way, has it, that, that diversification? Yeah, absolutely, yes. It's been really helpful to us. I mean, one of our major sectors has and always has been the business and industry catering sector. Now, at the moment, all of our clients there are trying to get their own heads around what the new normal is. Because if you were feeding customers five days a week and that was what your contract was to do so many companies ourselves included are moving to probably three days a week in the office and two days working from home using teams and zoom for communication uh, that brings a whole new structure into the finances of that package so they've had a hell of a lot of work and i feel extremely sorry for them actually with what they've all had to go through over the last few months so we've looked at other areas that are not so related to what's going on in business and industry and that has been very fruitful for us we've done a really big marketing effort to ensure that we're spread across the industry but having a spread anyway at the moment is is very important sure yeah okay and, and brian will bring you into the conversation here um you've become a bit of a social media star during the, the pandemic you've been very very active on, on twitter and lots of videos tell us tell us a bit about that to start off with uh, I, well, I'm no Steven Spielberg anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, at the beginning of lockdown, we were all thrust into this, you know, isolation, um, you know, not able to social um, interact with anybody. And, you know, all you know, people put on furlough. Um, 
at the very early stages when I, and of course I was early into my role at Cully Met, you know, started in January with them. So, you know, COVID couldn't have come at a worse time. So to get a reach to people who were you know, either on furlough or just to keep them educated with the products that I was representing, I had to get creative or I felt I needed to get creative. And um, I actually took, you know, some of the inspiration from the, from the US um, property market. Um, where they, you know, do something very similar, where they're, you know, they're in the property and go through different rooms. And I thought, yeah, we could we could bring some of that to the UK, but but around uh, food service equipment. And and to say the rest is history. You know, we've done I don't know, two dozen videos um, without any makeup. God, I wish we had uh, a makeup artist. Um, but, but no, I I felt you know we needed to touch, you know, as many as many laptops as possible while people were off. And thankfully, that, that hard work has paid off. You know, when people started to come off furlough, um, my phone was, was, was people ringing uh, and emails were coming through. Uh, whereas before that, they just weren't. So yeah, so I'm, so I'm delighted we, we managed to, to do so much time. Great stuff, Brian. We, we appreciate your efforts. Uh, uh, very entertaining videos. Uh, um, but also uh, throughout this year, um, Calumat has managed to sign up um, Jestic as supplying a couple of brands that, that you bring into the market. So that's um, Express Chef and then Metro Storage. So can you give me a little bit of background as to how that came about and, and what benefits the dealer community is going to see from these partnerships? Yeah, sure. So at the beginning of the year, we, we I had to do an awful lot of landscaping uh, for our brands. Um, some had to find new homes, some had to open up into new homes. And um, I was at the, uh, the catering uh, showing Excel and um, happened to pass the Jestic stand and I seen the um, one of the brands that represent Carlisle on there and I thought to myself you know that's if they're going into small wares these guys need a shelving line for sure um, so I managed to spend some time with Ben Dale at the MD and at, uh, at Jestic and um, yeah he said you know let's wait uh, till after the show we'll touch base and, and you know we started to work the whole way through uh, lockdown, um, all the way through in the March, all the way April, May, straight through, um, setting up the website, bringing product in. So they're sitting on stock um, and they're actually having these conversations with dealers, you know, right now. You know, Jestic are Metro UK. And, uh, you know, of course, if anyone's looking for, for product from for Metro, Jestic is the, is the guys to reach out to on that. And um, it's gone for so many years prior to Jestic coming on board. Um, didn't have the, re the reach in the marketplace that it should have uh, or the exposure so you know we're very much in the infancy of the relationship uh, with Jestic and um, you know they're bringing a new product they're doing a great job you know a great partner for, for the brand we're delighted to have them on board good stuff because um, Calamat itself uh, you're based on the continent aren't you it's like on the Belgian Dutch border so how has how have things uh, compared for the UK market to the the continent? Because you guys, I would assume, have uh, quite a good overview of, of the differences. Yeah, sure. So just like the UK market, um, the rest of Europe has been hit. Surprisingly, the the, the best market so far for, for us this year is Russia. Um, Russia is doing particularly well, um, and I think this. Going back onto Metro again quickly, it's, I don't want to focus too much on just one brand, but Metro in Russia has done particularly well. They've, they've got a range of shelving, the, the Max-Q uh, shelving range. It's a polymer shelving range with 
um, a steel frame offer that extra stability and uh, they, they just love it over there um, but also Metro got a huge um, healthcare offering so we're seeing that in obviously the whole of Europe as well as the UK market you know the healthcare products have done really well um, but in terms of, of the UK versus European um, comparison the UK is very chain heavy in, in continental Europe you don't have all those chains. The, you've got mostly independent traders or you know, smaller, uh, you know, smaller chains, say. So you don't get that same reach as you would do here in the UK. So but what we have found is with uh, our high-speed oven, Express Chef, um, with the redundancies made throughout Europe in terms of in, in the kitchens, they're replacing you know, what would have been sous chefs with, with a high-speed oven because it could do so much uh, at, at the press of a button. So, Overall, of course, sales are down. I would be lying to say that you know they're not. Um, but in certain product categories, they're they're up, if not ex exceeding what quotas we had set. So the outlook is bright. But again, with the second wave already in Europe, um, each country is taking a hit at a different time. So mm -hmm. by the time one goes in, the other one's coming out, and it's like a revolving door right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So got to stay calm. I think it's the, uh, the thing to do. Stay patient. Um, Andrew, Andrew, coming coming back to you, uh, Ryan. Obviously, you mentioned the healthcare sector there, and I know you do some work in that sector as well, and here in the UK. Yeah. Um, I think this week there has been a big report out advising the government that you know that there needs to be greater investment in terms of hospital kitchens and, and ward kitchens, and that's expected to. Um, you know, lead to various upgrade projects in the in the years ahead. What, what is your experience of that market, and, and do you feel that report has, has come at the right time? I think it, the report has come as the right at the right time, but it's going to take quite a long time before the funding comes through to actually do this work. There'll be a lot of discussion at government level, but it's very refreshing to see because it's certainly that market needs the attention and needs the money spending in it that's there. So if we're looking at, say, a couple of years hence to actually do project work, yes, I think that's, that's very positive. Yeah, and there seems to be a clear correlation as well from what's come out in that report between the equipment, the nutrition, the menus, um, and, and really that 24-7 service that now needs to be provided in a, in a hospital environment. That's absolutely right. I mean, I still go into hospital kitchens and see giant boiling pans like we used to see 50 years ago out in the rest of industry. They're not used at all. They've been completely replaced by commas. So they do need to have a really major rethink about what they're doing. And to be honest, I don't think I've been in any uh, hospital. I never had decent food in there. doesn't matter whether it's a Buper hospital an NHS hospital or I was recent, recently I broke my leg while I was in the States and the food there was just as bad <laughs> as it is here, it might possibly worse. <laughs> so um, yes, there's, there's an awful lot of work to be done there and it is very much about the nutrition. I mean, once you start using boiling pans, you're boiling all the goodness out of what you're serving. Uh, that needs to change in the current market. Mm. Sure. Uh, so Andrew have you seen any particular uh, trends towards types of equipment or types of designs uh, especially in response to corona or is it is it not going to be a long-term thing that's going to impact commercial kitchen design? I think on the design front when we design something we expect it to last seven to ten years with some sort of refresh in the middle to, to change the marketing perspective 
at the minute we're putting in demountable COVID screens so that once this epidemic is over, those screens can be taken off the counters. We are doing some things that are specifically COVID related that we'll continue on through designs in other areas. But we have invested a lot of time in working out what a COVID design really is, uh, looking at things like hot boxes and cold boxes to pick up meals so you don't have to come into the restaurant because some of the large sites that we use at the moment, if they space out the seating to take into account COVID requirements, they might drop from 200 seats to less than 100. So actually they can't accommodate all of the workforce in there. So there needs to be an alternative to take away. And I think with, with things like Iverio coming on, which is a method of holding food uh, at pasteurization temperature for very long periods, that's definitely going to be a boon. And that works very well with a hot box system. So yes, there are some significant changes there. And as is always the case, the size of kitchens is constantly reducing. You know, I'm, I'm coming to the end of my career now, but when I started, kitchens were massive things where there were sort of 40 chefs running about in them. You don't see that anymore because the equipment has become a lot more efficient. And I think that that's the next stage. We're moving on to Iverio. We're moving on to high-speed ovens, as Brian was saying and equipment that can do a lot more. It's a lot more versatile, so it's not just a one-trick pony. In a way, it's a shame that it can replace a sous chef, uh, but I do understand that that's the way the market's going. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Brian, coming back to you, uh, have you seen a similar type of thing? Are more operators wanting this kind of multifunctional equipment in a smaller footprint, essentially? I think uh, with a lot of the brands that uh, that we represent, um, we wouldn't really fall into that that, that category. Um, what we have seen is a demand in product, and particularly in the, the UK healthcare market, for products that reduce uh, touch points. So, um, for example, you know dispensers um, um, is a big one. You know, there's a new product out from Server, uh, the Touchless Express. Um, that's going to do really well, you know, it gets rid of all your condiments. Um, so we're quite pleased to, to have that on board. Um, one of the big products actually that uh, we've seen in the UK market this year, especially the healthcare sector, um, is the uh, KSUV knife and PPE sterilizer from Edland. Um, we've, seen, we've seen all of last year's quota, you know, during lockdown uh, reach. So that, that product did particularly well for us. Uh, we're quite pleased with that. Um, but in terms of other other heavy kit to, to reduce that, no, I wouldn't really fall into, into our bag at all. It's more a tabletop type product. Sure. And Brian, what's what's 2021 shaping up like for you in terms of product development? Is it, is it a big year in terms of new launches or, or things slowed down on that front for the time being? No, we've um, we've got a bumper year next year of a new product. Um, we've got a new development coming out on the Express Chef. I um, can't say much more on this. I'd love to, love to be able to shout a bit more while I've got the opportunity. Um, but we've really been pushing um, the ACP high-speed oven. Um, you know, we've, we've, we did a trial recently um, uh, against the competition in a bakery chain, um, you know, where, where we won the order in the end. And it was all to do with the innovation behind um, the current model. The step up that's coming on, on the high-speed oven is, is going to be something else. Um, we're really looking forward to it bring that out. Um, what else have we got in terms of innovation? One of our other pro um, manufacturer suppliers, Rosetto, 
So they're mm -hmm. always working on uh, sneeze guards and booth dividers. Uh, and they're constantly developing their range as well. So we, we've seen quite a lot of uh, business in the business and industry sector for, for their product. It's premium product. Um, so it's set well there. Um, in terms of innovation, one of the products that we're really excited about that we haven't done as much with this year because of lockdown is the TNS Water Watch. Um, so that product, it, it monitors the flow of water um, into an operation and it detects leaks live. So, for example, it can, it can give you a calculation of how much your toilet is using uh, versus your pre-rinse unit. Yeah, it's, it's such a clever system and um, it sends automatic updates via Wi-Fi to, to an application on your phone. So that's something that we're going to be pushing really hard uh, in 2021. We've got it on trial, thankfully, with a, a UK um, casual dining group and with an Irish retailer. So we're, we're, we're just waiting for all those stats to come back before we really push it out. But watch out for next year, it's full of new product. Sure, yeah, sounds good. And, and uh, talking about trials, you know, that, they're obviously a very important aspect of a, of a supplier or manufacturer getting a, a product into the marketplace. Has it become harder, was it harder at the moment for you to get product put into a live environment? No, actually the complete opposite. We can't get enough product to, to give to the, uh, to the operator to, to test. Um, we've got, uh, I could go on all day, but I'll, I'll, try, I'll try and keep it down to just, to just a few. So we've got um, a product from, uh, from Metro, it's a staging um, station, uh, where you, you, you put the product before delivery collection. Uh, and again, that, the sales of that peaked, um, and Jessica just come on board when, when we launched that. Um, but that obviously went through testing trials beforehand. Um, I'm just trying to think what other ones we've got that we put through. Um, obviously the high-speed ovens, we, we've got a good dozen on trial in the UK right now. Um, so yeah, so there'll be no, along with the customer was looking for that solution, you know, we're happy to supply the product. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Andrew, coming back to you now, um, I know that uh, Kim Chapman, your, your sales director, he retired uh, fairly recently, though uh, I hasten to add that this wasn't due to the pandemic, it was planned. Uh, no, no. <laughs> has his retirement uh, meant that you guys have uh, restructured your staffing at all or have you had any other changes? We have uh, brought in somebody else into our sales force, which uh, was about 18 months ago. Uh, trained them up and now we have distributed Kim's work among a director and two other members of staff and I'm helping out with it as well. So yes, the, the, that work is still going on. We're still finding the school work, which is where Kim was primarily involved, is still buoyant if we're talking about private schools. Uh, so yes, we, it was a planned event. Uh, we knew 18 months beforehand when Kim wanted to retire. Uh, so it gave us plenty of time to prepare for it. Yeah, and so like in terms of uh, reacting to COVID, have you had to then uh, change up your operations at all? Yeah, I think COVID's been very interesting. I mean, the, the whole furlough system, which was a godsend to every business in the UK financially, has that and the introduction of Zoom and, and um, other systems has meant that we've all had a look at how we're going to work in the future. We were very lucky at IFSE, our lease came to an end during the middle of the pandemic. Uh, so we were able to restructure the office, uh, change the size of it, make it much more of a hot desking area instead of normal desks and start to encourage our staff that in the future, 
you won't be working in the office full-time. It's been a worry for us in that we have some staff who are married, uh, who have a family life and are at home, so their being locked down at home was more acceptable for them. And we have quite a number of staff who are single, living in rented accommodation, and we've been trying to give them as much pastoral care as we can. Uh, obviously, there's been some work going on during that period as well, so they've been able to work from home, and we have everybody equipped from an IT point of view to work at home. But I think not having actual human contact with your colleagues in the office is not a good thing. Uh, even if you come in a few days a week and you get contact, that, that would be a good thing for each individual. Um, so a combination of restructuring our office, pastoral care for everybody, and we've now got everybody back off furlough anyway. Uh, spending the time while we were shut down, really looking at how we wanted to operate in the future. It was an opportunity for the business to take a bit of a breath and think about what our plans ought to be. So as I say, we restructured the office. We've also worked out a major marketing effort that's paying off now. Uh, we've looked at restructuring a couple of departments. Obviously, Kim's retirement was a part of that. And that's paid off now. And a, a key one for us also has been delivering the end product better, less snags, more customer satisfaction, more focused on customer satisfaction. We were already focused, but just to make it that little bit extra. And um, all those things we've, we've used the time well for. Sure, that's great to hear. Um, looking back at that period when the lockdown first happened, sort of March, April time, um, we, we, we were getting a lot of calls from manufacturers and dealers and suppliers about the topic of um, kind of payment, the payment of bills. And it was a really emotive issue in the industry at the, at the time. Um, we don't, we don't seem to be hearing as much about that at the moment. Have, have things settled down on that front? We, at the time of the lockdown, we had a number of our key customers where we're doing multiple installations for them, owed us significant amounts of money. And at the time, their businesses had suddenly fallen off a cliff. They'd gone from millions turnover down to virtually nothing in a week. So that was a case of working with them, meeting with them, talking things through with them, working out payment plans, and I'm very glad to say that they were all very responsive to that. Um, all that money has come in now. And yes, that, that mini crisis has passed. And we're finding that payments are perfectly normal at the moment. Uh, a number of companies have refinanced to allow them to make payments. Uh, but yes, it's much better now. That, that was an added concern, shall we say, back when the, the lockdown started. Yes, certainly. And Brian, do you echo that? Did you, did you have the same observations during that period? So, I think, again, I, you know, what I do is, uh, with Cullimat, for example, we, we work with UK partners, so we wouldn't really see that knock-on effect directly. Um, you know, in the UK, you know, we work with, um, you know, Metcalf for Edland and Nimco, um, Europa, um, and obviously Jestic um, come on board. Um, now, that the risk is spread um, for us, so we don't directly see that. Um, I, I actually have heard, Andrew, as well, there's the stories, you know, there's awful stories out there, but um, yeah, not, thankfully, we weren't touched directly ourselves, so yeah, I'm not much, not much use on that one. <laughs> no problem. Part of the view we took was our customers have been hit worse than us in many ways. 
So this is a time not to dig in and entrench a position and start shouting at everybody. It was a time to sit down with people and work out what we, what we could do because, you know, people are sensible. If you get around a table, you can work things out. And we have just about run out of time. And I think that's a really good sentiment to uh, end on. So thank you both very much for joining us. And Thanks join us again next week for another episode of Market Talk.